premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible, as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Ruciello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Hey there, folks. This is Joe Ruscello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God your King James Bible. And folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast and our Thursday night Bible study. I'm sorry, I had to. Hey, folks, I'm in a good mood tonight, really good mood. You know why I'm in a good mood? I'll tell you why I'm in a good mood. Because I'm here with you, with our Bibles open, ready to study this wonderful book that we have, the King James Bible. I'm telling you, I look forward to this all week long, and I absolutely cannot wait to get with you guys and open up the book and and just dive right into it. It's really been an amazing journey as we've been going through First and Second Thessalonians and First and Second Timothy. And here in Second Timothy, I mean, we've been working our way through Second Timothy chapter two, and we've been camped here for for a few studies for the last few uh, the last few Thursdays. And uh, this is part three of our study of chapter two uh, that we'll be getting into tonight. And um, I just find it absolutely amazing how uh, going through this chapter has been such a, uh, an encouragement to me and such a, uh, uh, a lifting of my spirits. Um, I, I, I hinted to it last week, you know, going through a lot of stuff here at home with my family, and uh, it's been very, very hard, and... Um, but, you know, the Lord prepared me for this by going through Second Timothy chapter 2. If you remember, we camped out two weeks ago on the word grace from verse 1. Just the word grace. And we went through a list of different types of grace that are available to the believer. We talked about dying grace. We talked about saving grace. We talked about uh, giving grace. We talked about suffering grace. We talked about great task grace. We talked about several different types of grace that are available in the Word of God. And I needed that. I still need that. And I hope you did too. I hope you found it an equal blessing as we've been going through it. And then, and then last week, we jumped into enduring hardness as a good soldier. And then this past Sunday, we talked about who our real adversary is. You know, the principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness of this world. And how they can influence us 
and make us think things that we ought not think and do things that we ought not do. Man, the, this, this, the last three weeks of studies have been just a, such a blessing to me, and I sincerely hope they've been a blessing to you as well. And if they have been a blessing to you, why don't you let me know? Shoot me an email, info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And if you are logged in to Spreaker, uh, you can jump into the chat group, and uh, you can let us know in there too. The chat group is open, by the way. Feel free to jump on in. Uh, you do have to have a Spreaker account for it, though, so if you can just get yourself one, they're free. And it doesn't take too long to sign up. But uh, before we do get into the study uh, for today, because we're going to be continuing in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to look at uh, one particular word in uh, verse 6 of 2 Timothy chapter 2, and that's the word husbandmen. And we're going to talk about that, and we're going to go into a, a parable that the Lord Jesus Christ told, and we're going to examine that and analyze that as we get through it. Uh, but before we do that, I'm going to ask you to head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And when you get over there, head over to our contact section. Look for that contact, look for that, uh, contact uh, form that's there. Sorry. The joys of doing a live show. <laughs> you know, Head over to that contact section. Look for that web form. You can fill that thing out. And uh, send me a message. Let me know what you're thinking about, any questions, any comments, any concerns that you might have. And, of course, also send your prayer requests. I look forward to getting your prayer requests as much as I look forward to getting any messages from you guys. Uh, your prayer requests are important for me because I love to be able to uh, pray about them in my own quiet time with the Lord. And then, of course, to bring them publicly if you suggest or if you tell me that you want me to. You bring it publicly here, and uh, we can we can go over those things, you know, as a group as we go through our studies. So it's a real blessing for us, and I and I hope that you would continue on sending us your prayer requests. And we do have a couple uh, that we'll mention tonight. But if you don't like to use the web form, that's fine. You can always email me directly by uh, uh, going to info at swordofthespiritpodcast dot com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast dot com. And then also, while you're on the website, uh, I'd like you to look for the Support This Podcast button. And when you find it, if you would, consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution. You can set that up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Uh, and I know, you know, it's the holidays. You know, Christmas is here. It's right around the corner. It's just a couple of weeks away. So it might be hard to commit yourself to a recurring monthly contribution at this point. Hey, that's fine. Uh, uh, totally understandable. Uh, but if you can't do that, uh, perhaps you might consider a one-time contribution. And if you can do that, you just click the Waygiver button, which is on our website uh, as well, and you can make your contribution through there. Waygiver is just simply, it's a Christian-based um, crowdfunding, similar to a GoFundMe, uh, but it's a Christian-based one. So, uh, so we would appreciate that if you could do it. But however you can, if you can do it recurring, or if you do it by a one-time contrib contribution, if you're considering it, before you do it, I'd like you to pray about it. And if the Lord leads you to do it, then please, uh, by all means, we would appreciate it. Especially if these podcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, if, uh, if the live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, if you'd like to be an active part of this ministry, uh, your contribution will go a very, very long way, and I would be really, really thankful for it. So, uh, 
again, just pray about it, and if the Lord leads you to do it, we would thank you for it. Now, usually at this point, uh, I, I like to get, give thanks to uh, a few people and things, and uh, one of the first things that I always like to say thank you for is I like to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for giving me the opportunity to serve him and for allowing me the opportunity and the privilege of doing exactly what it is that I'm doing right now, and that is sitting here behind a microphone with an open Bible, sharing the Word of God, sharing a study, and enjoying this fellowship with you. So, of course, thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for that, and also thank you for this gift of salvation that he's given us. I mean, what a tremendous gift that is, not just for myself, but for you too. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved the world. So it's a tremendous gift. And I hope you partook of that gift. And if you haven't, you can do that today. You can do that right here, right now. All you have to do is just tell the Lord that you know that you're a sinner. You know that you're on your way to hell. You know that there's nothing that you can do to save yourself, that no good work, no church membership, no sacrament, no cookie, no confessional, no statue, no one other than the Lord Jesus Christ can bring you to heaven. And it's through his shed blood and his shed blood alone because his blood wasn't your average human's blood. It wasn't your average man's blood. It was God's blood according to Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. God's holy, perfect, sinless, righteous blood is the only thing that can pay the, t- pay the penalty for your sin and mine. And all you have to do is acknowledge it. All you have to do is acknowledge it, accept it, and tell the Lord thank you for it. So why don't you do that today? Do it right now. And if you do, be sure to let me know. Because I would love to send you a beautiful King James Bible to celebrate that with you. Now, also, I'd like to say thank you to all of our supporters, those of, those of you who support us prayerfully. Thank you for your prayers. Man, I covet your prayers. You have no understanding whatsoever when I tell you that I covet your prayers. Uh, I love opening up my email and getting those little notes saying that you're praying for me, you're praying for my ministry, you're praying for the family, you're praying for... Uh, you know, for souls, I love, love to get it, and thank you for it. It's a real encouragement to me, and um, you really don't know how much I, I need your prayers and how much I covet your prayers and, uh, and how very special and important they are to me. So thank you for those. I'd also like to say thank you to those of you who already support us financially. Your contributions go a tremendously long way. We are on a number of platforms. I, we're on like 20 platforms right now. Some of them do require a monthly, monthly fees, uh, including uh, the studio that I'm broadcasting from right now. Uh, it, it does cost every month, and your contributions help me meet those expenses. So thank you very much for that. And uh, also, you know, we're not far away from getting that case or two of Bibles that we've been looking for. And uh, so we have those Bibles on hand so we can give those away. If somebody reaches out to us, tells us they want a Bible, they can't afford one, well, we would love to supply that. And I know I've told you this story before, and I'm going to tell you again because sometimes we forget things. But um, just think what it's going to be like when you get to glory and you're in heaven and you're standing on the front porch of your mansion that the Lord Jesus Christ prepared for you and you're looking out 
over the great expanse of the acres and acres of land, the acres and acres of a ranch that the Lord has given you, and your neighbor comes along and says, hey, I just want to say thank you. And you're like, well, for what? Well, you know, your contribution uh, to that ministry, and, you know, they sent me a Bible, and I read that Bible, and I got saved because of that Bible, and the only reason why I got it is because you contributed. Thank you so much for that. Man, just think about that. Just think about how amazing that is. God's going to reward you greatly for your giving. So if you have the ability to do so, would you please consider that contribution? And, of course, I want to say thank you to all of our listeners, every single one of you who have tuned in faithfully, show after show after show, have downloaded our, ep- our shows and our episodes, and uh, we are at 3,000 downloads and plays right now. I mean, that to me is just absolutely astounding. It's amazing. And I told you last week that I wasn't expecting to, to get to 50 episodes. You know, I was expecting to maybe do 10 the most, but... You guys turned out, and that's because of the Lord. The Lord put you where you are to listen, and it, it blows me away. Thank you. Thank you so very, very much for that. God bless you, and I pray that you continue to do it, and I, I really do pray also that these shows are and these uh, Bible studies that we do would be a, a continued blessing for you. Now, folks, if you're in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, would you please consider visiting us at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour is at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study is at 7 p.m. For more information, you can always visit the church's Facebook page. All you need to do is just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and then once you're there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information and you'll also find episodes of this podcast. And, of course, I want to say thank you to the folks of First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. I also want to say thank you to my pastor, John Monk, for allowing us the uh, opportunity and the privilege of posting this, uh, this podcast on the church's Facebook page. You know I don't have one, so uh, by doing that has really helped uh, spread out our show and, and get it out to more people, and uh, it's been great, and I really do appreciate that, and I'm very thankful for it. You know, my pastor, I just want to say in, uh, you know, in passing here that my pastor is uh, one of the biggest encouragements uh, for me when it comes to not just my uh, overall service to the Lord, but in doing the podcast. Uh, he's always interested in showing interest in what we're up to and what we're doing and, and how far we've, we've been reaching. And folks, we're in countries all around the world. It's, it's just absolutely astounding. It really is. And uh, it's yeah, he's showing such shows such interest in it and such such an encouragement and enthusiasm with it that uh, you know it really does encourage me and keeps me going. And uh, especially with what what's going on right now in my personal life, it's uh, um, sometimes it's a struggle to uh, to to be able to do this. And um, you know he's just just such an encouragement to me, and I'm thankful to him for that. And you know uh, he's he's probably one of the uh, I've sat under a lot of pastors over my 23 years of being saved and uh he's he's probably the only one that i could really say is not only my pastor but he's my friend and i and i appreciate his friendship and i appreciate his leadership in the church and i thank i thank my god for him every day uh but folks wherever you're listening whether it's on facebook whether it's uh spotify wherever it is 
be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers, and help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you also, uh, any platform that you're on where you can give a five-star rating, that would be great you could get, if we deserve it, if you feel like we, uh, we've earned it. Give us that five-star. It helps boost us in our algorithms. And what that basically means is that when people search for Bible study shows like ours, we come up in the search results. And that's important because that's how folks are going to hear about the gospel. We make, our, we make the very best attempt that we can do every time we get on the air to present the gospel as clearly as possible. And it's always our prayer that folks get saved when they hear the gospel through us or similar programs. But folks, they're, they're hearing the gospel because you're sharing it and because it, you're spreading it around, and I appreciate that, and thank you so very, very much for it. All right, uh, moving down the list, we're going to get into just a couple of announcements here, and then uh, we'll touch up on our prayer requests after our first break, and then we'll get into our message in just a few moments after that. All right, so our announcements. Don't forget, we have our Sermon Sunday every Sunday at 3 p.m. live uh, at uh uh, on Spreaker, so that's 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, last Sunday, we had a, uh, a really good service. I, I, I got to tell you, um, the message that we had on uh, our, uh, our real adversary, um, that was, <laughs> it was really good uh, as far as the outreach goes. Um, I, believe me, I don't pat myself on the back for doing good jobs with this stuff at all because there are, there are men out there that are infinitely better at this than I am. But um, in terms of uh, the play counts, um, this particular one was, is currently the highest play count of any show we've done since we started. And, uh, it it just it's amazing, it really is amazing, and, and especially considering that we went really long, uh, we went uh, over two hours on Sunday, which is which is pretty long, and um, you know we uh, it was just it was just one of those messages that spoke to my heart, and I hope it spoke to yours as well, and and I hope the folks that have been listening, uh, have been downloading it, have been getting a blessing from it as well. So uh, don't forget, Sunday Sermon at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, live and then uploaded to all of our pl- podcasting platforms shortly thereafter. Now, folks, if you're a prepper or if you're interested in prepping, uh, I'd like to recommend uh, the Contra Radio Network. You can find them at www.crn.best. Now, you have to use the www, otherwise... You're going to get a page error. So uh, what is the Contra Radio Network? Well, uh, the Contra Radio Network is a podcast and a vidcast for the listeners and subscribers of the Contra Radio Network, focusing on the issues and concerns of discerning preppers and patriots. Uh, Now, I listen to the uh, Contra Radio Network, I want to say at least least one or two shows every day. And uh, really good content. I mean, really good content. And I would highly recommend it if you're in, if you're interested or thinking about getting into prepping. Some really good shows on there that, that that can point you in the right direction. Has some really good shows in politics and current events, which I love. If you know me at all, you know that I'm a political junkie, and I I love to listen to the news. I love to uh, listen to news pos- podcasts and 
Uh, I even have another podcast that I do that is uh, uh, strictly politics and current events. Not doing it at the moment. It's on, it's on a little hiatus, but uh, we have a couple of episodes up there. Um, so it's something that's uh, really interesting to me, and, and they have some really good programming on there, and I would very highly suggest and recommend that you check them out. Uh, they're also available on all the major podcasting platforms, so check them out. Contra Radio Network, www.crn.best. And also, you know, we're on that network as well, which is a great blessing for us, and it's a, pr- a privilege to be there. And we're very thankful to John, who uh, reached out to us and asked us about posting our shows there and uh, the, the feedback we've been getting uh, from the folks at uh, at uh, CRN has been phenomenal. So thank you very much for that. And check them out, crn.best. Also, on our website, we have our programming announcements subscription box. You can check that out at the bottom of our, our homepage at sortofthespiritpodcast.com. Uh, so what's that? At, all that is is a mailing list so that you get on there. And if we have any changes to our schedule, any changes to our programming, uh, if, um, if we're going to have a, a guest Saturday episode, uh, you know, you could uh, check that out for us, check that out with us uh, by getting the updates. Uh, so you just fill out the web form, get on our mailing list, and we'll send that out to you uh, with any of those changes or updates. We're not going to sell your information. We're not doing anything with it. We're just going to hold on to it. And uh, we're not going to spam you. We're not going to fill your mailbox with a bunch of things you're not interested in. Uh, and uh, like I said, we don't sell the information at all. So uh, just head to our website, sortofspiritpodcast.com. Look for the programming announcement subscription box on, the, on that page. Fill it out and get on our mailing list and stay in the know. Also, while you're on our website, look for the Sword Swag tab and uh, click on that. And what you're going to find there is you're going to find our really nice... Uh, sort of the Spirit podcast t-shirts. And I want to say thank you to Alex uh, for purchasing one. It's on the way. And also I want to say we have these really nice Sort of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs uh, that are available as well. Now the t-shirt will set you back about $35 for the contribution. And the uh, coffee mug will set you back about $25 for your contribution for that. How do you get it? There's an email button on the page. Just click that. Send me your mailing address and I will send you the link to uh, where to send uh, uh, out your contribution. And then we'll get that out to you in the mail. And uh, I think you'll like it. I have mine right here. I'm going to take a sip. Mm. Nothing like really hot green tea with honey and lime to, set, to soothe the scratchy voice. My throat's killing me tonight. I don't know why. It was fine all day until I sat down here. Mm. All right, and last announcement before we get on to our first break of the evening. Starting in January, uh, we're going to be highlighting the missionary of the month. Now, that is basically, we're going to pick a missionary that, uh, that we deal with, and uh, we're going to talk about his ministry and uh, the things that, uh, that, that he's working on in his uh, mission field, whether it's here or abroad. And uh, Lord willing, if we're able to do it, if we're able to do it, uh, we're going to see to divert a, a portion of the support that we receive to that particular ministry uh, missionary for that month. Uh, but folks, we, we need we need more people to to uh, to uh, support us. So, if you're on the fence about it, keep praying, keep praying. Ask the Lord to give you that giving grace that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, 
And uh, if you could make that contribution so we can do this, that would be really a great blessing for us. So January, Missionary of the Month. Looking forward to that. Very excited about it. All right, folks, what we're going to do here is we're going to take our first break of the evening. Uh, It's going to be a short one. Uh, I was thinking about because of the fact that uh, we had the two-hour show last week, and I cut back a little bit on the music so uh, to, to kind of help things move along a little speedier. So uh, we'll take a very short break here, and when we get back, uh, we'll get into our prayer requests and then on into our message. All right, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Thanks for listening in. We'll be right back after this. Don't go away. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening!
Amen, amen, and amen to that. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Ruciello. Uh, so we got uh, a little bumpy through the opening of the show there, but uh, we got through it somehow. Uh, okay, we're here coming up on our prayer request. Now, uh, since this is Thursday night, we don't uh, go through individually, name by name, uh, the entire list, but uh, we're going to highlight just a couple uh, for uh, updates and and whatnot. So, But first, before we go into any of the prayers, the first thing that we pray for always is for those in need of salvation. Now, on our salvation prayer list, uh, we have my mom, Diane, uh, who, by the way, uh, on Sunday, I made a mistake. I was reading something as I was speaking, and the number 79 was in what I was reading. And when I mentioned my mom's age, I said she was 79. And I was quickly rebuked by my sister. Uh, uh, my mom is 76. So I just wanted to correct that, uh, you know, before we get any further. All right, so we want to pray for my 76-year-old mom for her salvation. Her name is Diane. We're also going to pray for my sister, Laura, for her salvation. My granddaughter, Carmela, uh, for salvation. Uh, David in New York City for salvation. And we're praying Furman for salvation. And we're also praying for Terry for salvation. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the gift of salvation you've given us through your precious Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we're thankful for the perfect blood that was spilled for us. Father, we're thankful that that perfect holy, sinless blood was sprinkled across the mercy seat on our behalf. And Father God, it's because of that that we can approach the throne of grace boldly. And Father, we just pray for those that are on our salvation prayer list tonight. Lord, we lift them up to you, each one of them. You know exactly who they are. You know exactly where their need is. And Father, we just lift them up to you. And we ask you to touch them, draw them to yourself, and save them today, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. With thanksgiving, amen. All right, uh, moving on down to our sick list. Uh, we're going to be praying for uh, Pastor Martin. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Pastor Martin. Pastor Martin is my pastor's pastor, 89 years old. Uh, I am correct about the age on that. Uh, pastor Martin has a number of health is- issues that, uh, that he's dealing with, including heart trouble and uh, blood pressure problems and eczema and uh, very, very poor vision. Uh, he has to, uh, he, he attempts to read his Bible 10 chapters every day. And I shouldn't say attempts, he actually does read his Bible 10 chapters every day, but he needs to use one of those uh, jeweler's magnifying glasses uh, that, uh, you know, screw to the top of the table, one of those big ones. And uh, that's the only way he can get through it, and it takes him all day to get through it. So we want to pray for him. Uh, also, uh, that uh, uh, at his age, he goes out street preaching every week. I mean, what a blessing it is to know this man. It really is. And I'm very thankful that, uh, that, that he is um, someone that I can, I can call on and talk to, and uh, he's been a tremendous blessing to me. Uh, we're also praying for uh, my daughter, Rebecca, uh, who is... Um, who is with child and will be delivering very, very soon. Uh, for my mom, Diane, for her, her medical concerns, she is with COPD uh, and uh, a number of other issues that she, uh, that she struggles with every day. 
uh, including being tethered to uh, an oxygen tank 24-7. Uh, we're praying for my sister Laura for a slip disc in her back. We're praying for Bernice, uh, who is a sister of our church. Uh, Bernice has been battling cancer for a number of years, and she's undergoing chemotherapy. And she's also uh, doing some, uh, some experimental uh, treatments uh, as well. So we want to pray for Bernice. Uh, the, the Lord will just touch her body and bring healing there. Uh, also pray, praying for Bernice's mom for her health concerns. We have Alan that we're praying for, for prostate cancer, and he's scheduled for surgery in January. Uh, we're praying for Janae, uh, who's have, who has heart issues as well. Uh, also for Terry Begley, who we mentioned in our salvation prayer request. Terry Begley is uh, someone who's not known to me at all. Uh, he is someone that we've been praying for at our church. And uh, Terry's situation is that uh, he had run into a burning house and rescued a mother and a daughter uh, and her daughter from uh, that house fire. And he is now hospitalized with severe burns across his body. And like I said, we don't know if he's saved or not. That's why we included him in our uh, prayer request uh, under salvation. So Terry, we're praying for. We're praying for Fairman, who's in the hospital uh, with cancer. Uh, he also has a fractured L2 vertebrae due to a tumor that's there. So we want to pray for him. Uh, we're also praying for his salvation as well. Uh, we're praying for Carl Nicosia, who is uh, recovering from pneumonia. Pam, who is uh, recovering from COVID. Uh, Nicole, uh, who uh, was uh, a young girl who was hit in the face with a softball and is badly bruised from that. We're also praying for Caitlin. Uh, who uh, hit her head and is now uh, dealing with a concussion. And, of course, we're playing, praying for uh, Angel, who has been uh, fighting a little stomach bug. So, Heavenly Father, we want to pray for those that are on our sick list today. Uh, specifically, we think of uh, Pastor Martin, uh, Rebecca, Terry, Fairman, uh, Caitlin, uh, Nicole, and everyone else that's on our prayer list uh, for their um, for their ailments and their illnesses, Lord, we pray that you would just touch each and every one of them, Lord. We pray that you would uh, just work through those that are caring for them to bring them comfort, uh, to bring healing uh, where healing is very possible. And Lord, we want to thank you that uh, we can come to you as our great physician and lay these petitions before you. And Father God, we just we just pray and trust that you'll answer these prayers for their health according to your perfect will. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, moving down our list here. Uh, we're, gonna, we're still praying for the Gonzalez family uh, who are mourning the loss of their second child to SIDS. That's Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. We're praying for uh, Jude, who's my brother-in-law, and his business up in New York as a contractor. Robert is uh, Robert C. is asking for prayer for his fellow guardsmen uh, for their salvation. And uh, we know that Robert is... Uh, is, is witnessing to these men, and, and we pray that the Lord will also use Robert in a, in a, in a great and in a mighty way to bring them to salvation. Uh, the Lord knows who these men are. Uh, Robert didn't give me their names. Uh, he's also asking for prayer for their morale. Uh, we also pray for our uh, Border Patrol officers and agents, National Guardsmen and law enforcement officers that are working along the border here. We pray for our local, state, and federal elected officials. Uh, we're praying for uh, Isabella with her walk with the Lord. Uh, Trevor has asked for prayer for his walk with the Lord. Jessica also, uh, uh, which is a great story there, which we'll talk about a little bit more on Sunday uh, when we have a little bit more time. Uh, but we're praying for Jessica for her walk with the Lord. 
uh, Tony, uh, we're praying that the Lord will open up witnessing opportunities for him at his workplace. And we're also praying for uh, Brother Alex Herrera uh, for a job uh, and, a, uh, and a resolution to a difficult financial situation that he finds himself in. Uh, Alex is also taking care of his father, Fairman, who's in the hospital, as we mentioned before, for cancer. And, and we're praying for him for that as well. So our Heavenly Father, we want to pray uh, for these folks on our prayer list, Lord, uh, each one with a very specific need. Lord, we uh, especially think of the Gonzalez family as, the, as they're in mourning. Uh, Lord, we think of uh, Robert working on the border. Uh, Father, we also think of uh, Alex, uh, who is uh, who's, uh, struggling with a uh, financial situation and looking for work, and uh, Jessica for her walk with the Lord. And uh, Lord, we want to thank you uh, for them and, and for their heart to serve. And Lord, we want to thank you so much for touching each one of them. And Lord, we pray for that special grace and mercy that you can pour out uh, to help uh, each one through a particular need that they have. Uh, Lord, we also pray for the uh, our local, state, and federal elected officials. Father, we pray that you would just give them wisdom as they uh, as they evaluate laws and rules and ordinances, Lord, and as uh, uh, as each one of their decisions affect each and every one of us every single day. Father, we pray for them and we ask to give them wisdom as they make those decisions. So, Father, we also just want to thank you that you are a God who answers prayer, and we commit all of these to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, of course, we also have our unspoken prayer requests, and you know these are the these are the prayer requests that are that are just a burden to our heart. But you know we can't utter them, we can't put words to them for one way or another, for one reason or another. Whether it's that it's just too personal uh, to to air out completely or that um, you just don't have the right words or can't find the words to, uh, to, uh, to put to that groaning that's within you. So uh, Eduardo Rodriguez is, uh, has an unspoken prayer request. Uh, Dan, Jim Hall, Mike Elizalde. Uh, I have an unspoken prayer request uh, as well, and also uh, a prayer request for my wife uh, as well. And um, I also want to, uh, to mention... Uh, Today I had a had a really great conversation uh, with uh, with a representative from uh, Spectrum, and uh, his name is Liam, and we're going to include Liam in our prayer here today, as well for uh, for a blessing for him, for his family, uh, for his wife, and uh, we're going to include that here at this point as well. So Heavenly Father, for the unspoken prayers of our hearts, Lord, we just commit them to you. Lord, we think of Eduardo, Dan, Jim, Mike myself and Larissa uh, for these unspoken prayer requests. Father God, we just commit them to you and we ask you, Almighty God, that you would just uh, 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 answer these prayers according to your perfect will for us and for our lives and for your glory and honor. And we will thank you for that in Jesus' name. And Lord, we also think of uh, Liam, uh, who I got the opportunity to speak to today. He, he, he told me that uh, he grew up in a family of Bible believers, a King James Bible at the house. And Lord, I'm thankful that for that and to be able to speak to him briefly. And Lord, he said he might be listening in tonight, so I prayed that he is. And uh, if he is, uh, we want to thank him for that. And Lord, uh, we just ask you to bless him, bless his family, bless his wife, uh, uh, bless the work of his hands, Father God, and uh, just, uh, just, just lead and direct him in all that he says and does. And we'll thank you for that as well. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. All right. Well, now, folks, if you have any prayer requests at all, 
at all, you please feel free email me info at sword of the spirit podcast.com, info at sword of the spirit podcast.com, or you can go to our website, sword of the spirit podcast.com, and fill out the web form and you can send it in through there as well. Either way, I'm going to get it. So, uh, so we, we appreciate all of those that have sent in their prayer requests. Thank you so much for that. Uh, it's, it's great. Now, uh, we don't have any uh, listener questions to answer today. Uh, do we have any birthdays? Do we have any birthdays? I don't think we do. No, we do not. No birthdays. Oh, man, I was looking forward to playing our birthday song, too. Oh, well, maybe next time. Maybe the next show we'll have somebody. All right, uh, so what we'll do here is we're going to take our, our second break of the night. That'll give you a chance to go get your King James Bible, grab yourself a cup of coffee or a bottle of water. And when we come back, we'll be getting into today's Bible study in 2 Timothy chapter 2, part number 3. We'll be back after this. See you in a minute. We 
This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. All right, folks, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Sorry about that. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Again, the joys of doing a live show. (laughs) Little mistakes here or there. All right, well, can't do anything about that, right? Kind of throw the mood off a little bit. But, uh, yeah, you know, when you hear that uh, on our King James Bible, you know what that means, that it's about time to get into our study. Uh, that is one of my favorite things to listen to because it's just such, such truth in, that sta- in those statements alone about your Bible. You have an amazing book, folks, an amazing book. And I'm working on a study that I think we're really going to enjoy. We're going to be doing a side-by-side comparison of the uh, new versions compared to your King James I'm going to show you some things so that when people come to you and tell you, well, you know, all the Bibles say the same thing. Uh, No, they don't. And when they don't say the same thing, they don't mean the same thing. And that can cause a lot of problems with your doctrine. So we'll get into that uh, in a couple of weeks. That's, That's still in progress, and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm enjoying doing the study and the prep for it, so it's going to be great. All right, uh, second, th- th- uh, second Timothy. Boy, I'm really off tonight, aren't I? Second Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2. And uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we begin to study some of the things in your word tonight, I pray that you would make them relevant to us. Not just as observers, but as participants in your gospel, in your work in your kingdom. Lord, I pray that we'll notice some things and that will have a, a very positive effect in our minds and in our hearts. We thank you, Lord, for being good to us, and we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Second Timothy chapter 2. Now, last week, we talked about being a soldier in God's army, and we went down through verse 4, so we'll pick it up today in verse number 5. And if a man also strive for masteries, 
Yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give the understanding in all things. Now, back in verse 1, the admonition that we received was to do what? It was to be strong, right? Be strong. Soldiers, if they're going to have any effectiveness whatsoever, they need to be strong mentally, and they need to be strong physically. Now, as we go through the passage here, uh, we come across this word, husbandman, in verse 6. Do you know what a husbandman is in Bible language? Well, that's a farmer or someone that's involved in some agricultural activity. And my observation of people that are in the agricultural, agricultural world is that they need to be strong also. There's a lot of elements that kind of work against them, Right? If it's not drought, it's uh, grasshoppers. If it's not grasshoppers, it's a blizzard. If it's, you know, it's a continuous fight in that lifestyle. Now, in thinking about that and realizing that the Lord just very briefly addressed that, I thought that, you know, in this passage, and you know, he gives a he gives a lot more space in other places, but I thought, you know, this deserves a detour. So what we're going to do is we're going to detour on the husbandman theme tonight. And we're going to evaluate and analyze a parable that Jesus told in reference to it. So take your Bibles and let's go over to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. Now as much as the Lord compares the believer to a soldier, uh, the comparison is just as real as to a farmer. So God wants you to do some farming, as well as some soldiering. The question is, are you doing some farming? How successful has it been? Well, the ultimate desire and objective of farming is fruit, right? Fruit. Amen? Now, fruit is a generic word that we use, and it, it, uh, it simply means a crop. It doesn't matter if it's, if, if it's farming oranges or cattle. It's the crop that you're interested in gaining. So the Lord tells a parable, and it's really, it, it's really pretty fascinating. It can, get, it can get pretty deep here, but we, we're not going to get to the bottom of it all, but uh, we're going to try to evaluate it, and we're going to see what we can come up with, okay? Matthew chapter 21 and verse 33. Matthew 21, verse 33. Hear another parable. Now, just for reference, the Lord said, hear another parable. A lot of parables were... Um, uh, initiated with uh, like as unto the kingdom of heaven. This parable is missing that. You know, when you study your Bible, when you study your Bible, you need to see what's there, but you also need to see what isn't there. These are both valuable when you study your Bible. So he said, here, another parable. Well, what does that mean? That means that this has an application beyond Israel. And even though Israel is the primary uh, historical example in this parable, there's an application that goes way beyond the boundaries of just Israel. And we'll see more of that as we get into it. Here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about. So the householder turns out to be God, God the Father and digged a wine press in it, and built a tower, 
and let it out to husbandmen. Now that's plural as opposed to the householder husbandman. All right, husbandmen. And went into a far country. All right, now I want you to keep your finger here and I want you to turn with me over to Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5. Now this is a parable. And a parable is intended to convey not only a principle, not only an inspirational truth, but doctrine as well. Now, some theological idiot wrote a book some years ago indicating that it was his belief that parables don't convey any doctrine. Well, he, he couldn't be any more wrong. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Isn't that what the book says? So there's doctrine in parables. There's doctrine in the Psalms. There's doctrine throughout all the Bible. Now in Isaiah chapter 5, this is the foundation stone for the parable that Jesus is telling. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 1. Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. And he fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vine and built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes. Now, you know, I'm Italian, right? <clears throat> and Italian people that immigrated to America, including my family, one of the prized possessions, more than clothes, more than money in their pocket, were some vines, some grape vines that they brought from Italy. They brought those in hopes that they could, uh, you know, they could grow those in the New World, and, 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 and they were greatly, greatly treasured. Now, you could imagine how incredibly disappointed they would have been if they brought those all the way across the Atlantic on a steamship, nurtured them, did everything they could to take care of them, to keep them alive, you know, got them here, got them in the ground, and they began to grow, and they looked beautiful. And then when they tasted the grape, it was sour, nasty, bitter, you know, wild grape. So that helps you to understand a little bit about what the Lord is saying here. It brought forth wild grapes. Verse 3, And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes? And now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. Trodden down. And I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned, nor digged, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. Now you can't miss that, can you? How would you interpret that? And this seems to be pretty plain. Wouldn't you agree? The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. And the men of Judah, his pleasant plain, his pleasant plant, and he looked for judgment, but behold, oppression, for righteousness, but behold, a cry. 
So the Lord says, I planted a vineyard. This vineyard is Israel. But when I planted it and it grew and it developed, when I picked it, it was wild grapes, not good domestic grapes that are palatable. So the Bible defines its own terms. It always does. Israel in the land is the vineyard. God is the householder. So what Jesus is doing in the parable in Matthew chapter 21 is he's simply capitalizing on something that was already laid out and already been taught in the Old Testament. And he did that frequently. So on occasion, he would say to the Pharisees, ye do greatly err not knowing the Scriptures. I mean, man, that really irritated them, you know? But they were supposed to be the scholars. They were supposed to be the hotshots, you know, the heavyweights in the religious world. And Jesus rebuked them by telling them that they didn't know the Scriptures. All right, let's go back to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, again, verse 33. Hear another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a wine press in it and built a tower. Now the tower is for the watchman. As the harvest time approaches, they have someone on watch all the time to make sure the crop was being protected and let it out to husbandmen. That is, he let it out to the religionists in Israel, the Pharisees, and went into a far country. And that's exactly what the Lord did. Not only is that true of Israel, but that has a broader and deeper meaning as far as in the dispensation that you and I are living in. And we'll go there in a little while. Verse 34. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandmen took the servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. Now, is Jesus just arbitrarily drawing these things out of thin air? Or is he pulling from very specific examples of how religion of how the religious heavyweights of Israel would treat those that were sent to them. He sent servants to them. The husbandman took his servants, and what did they do? They beat one. They killed one. Now let's look at these passages just momentarily, okay? 1 Kings 22. Take your Bibles and go to 1 Kings 22. The Lord said, do you know what they did to his servants? They beat one, killed one, and stoned another. Okay, 1 Kings chapter 22, and look at verse 24. 1 Kings 22, verse 24. But Zedekiah, the son of Chenaiah, went near and smote Micaiah on the cheek and said, which way went the Spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? Now, Micaiah is one of the prophets, uh, one of the Lord's servants. And this is a fascinating story, by the way. It really is. It's a fascinating story. You need to go and read the whole thing. I can promise you that story is better than anything you're going to find on Fox News. Guarantee it. Here's one that was beaten. But that's not all. They killed another one. Go to Jeremiah 26. Jeremiah chapter 26 and verse 23. Jeremiah 26, verse 23. Here's another prophet, and his name is Urijah. 
And they fetched forth Urijah out of Egypt and brought him unto Jehoiakim, the king, who slew him with the sword and cast his dead body into the graves of the common people. Now, why did they do that to Urijah? Why? Because they didn't like his message. That's why. He was entirely too negative. He wasn't participating in the power of positive thinking. So they said, let's kill that dude. And so they did. Then Jesus said, they stoned another. Second Chronicles 24. Second Chronicles 24. I know I'm kind of going through this fast. I'm sorry. So if you need me to slow down in the chat group, just say something and I'll slow down. Second Chronicles 24 and verse 20. And the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah. Now, this isn't the same Zechariah the book is named after. This is much earlier, much earlier. And the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, which stood above the people, and said unto them, Thus saith God, Why transgress ye the commandments of the Lord, that ye cannot prosper? Because ye have forsaken the Lord. He has also forsaken you. And they conspired against him, and stoned him with the stones, and stoned him with stones at the commandment of the king in the court of the house of the Lord. So we have a precise fulfillment of what Jesus is saying they did in biblical example laid out for us right there. Jesus said, here's what you did. The husbandman took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. So God kept sending his servants, his prophets, to Old Testament Israel, preaching and telling them the truth. And the overall reaction was rejection. Rejection. Verse 36. Again, he sent other servants. This is Matthew 21, verse 36. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. So do you know what the Lord did after those three? He sent more. He sent more. Here they come. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Haggai, Malachi, marching down there with a negative message. I mean, you read any one of those prophets, they're all just negative. Not a, not a lot of political correctness in their message whatsoever. They're condemning sin over and over. They're preaching how to have real peace and happiness is to obey the Lord. So they did unto them likewise. Look at Matthew 23, Matthew chapter 23. You're in Matthew 21. Just flip over a couple of pages to Matthew 23. Matthew chapter 23 and verse 34. Wherefore, behold, I, said unto, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them you shall kill and crucify, and some of them you shall scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Barachias, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. So Jesus here is reminding the people that profess to be the most spiritual, that, that, the most, that are the most religious crowd on the planet, what they had done to the servants of the householder that were sent to them. Now go back over to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 37. But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reverence my son. Do you get the parallel? 
Do you know what God said? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So what did God do? He sent his son. And he said, they'll reverence the son. But of course, the Lord knew they wouldn't. He knew they wouldn't. But in the parable, he says, they'll reverence my son. This passage has an amazing type. If you've never studied types in your Bible, it's a fascinating study. Now, we touched on some types a few months ago, and you should go back and listen to them. Uh, fascinating studies. We, we, uh, we went to Joseph as a type of Christ, and we showed, uh, I think, 50 of the 150 examples of how Joseph was a type of Christ. And uh, also, we, we, we went into a, a brief series called The Eight Miracles in John, where we looked at the eight miracles that the Lord Jesus Christ performed in the, in the Gospel of John, and we pointed to how they have a deeper, more profound significance than just what was on the surface. Now, what's a type? Well, a type is a picture of something in the past mirroring something in the future. And now, here's a classic example of that. Like I said, we, we went through the study of Joseph as a type of Christ. And uh, uh, he pictures Jesus Christ. Now, some scholars say that he pictures Jesus Christ more than any other personality in the Bible. And I think it was A.W. Pink, if I'm not mistaken, that said Joseph types Jesus Christ in about 150 different ways. Now, personally, I can't come up with that many. I think when we did it, like I said, we came up with 50, if I'm not mistaken, uh, when we did that study a few months back. Uh, but do you remember this story back in Genesis chapter 37? Israel, that is Jacob, sends his firstborn son by Rachel to see his brethren. And before Joseph even comes near, Genesis 37, 18 says, when they, when they saw him afar off, they conspired against him to slay him. I mean, he didn't even get close, and they'd already had this plan and operation. Oh, here comes the dreamer, they said. Remember, Joseph had some dreams, right? And the dreams indicated that his brethren would be in obeisance to him one day. Now, you talk about stirring up the nest, right? You know, you go tell your older brothers that one day they'd be bowing down to you and see what happens. I mean, that pretty much goes over like a pregnant pole vaulter, really? <laughs> you know, not good. So they conspired. They conspired that, uh, and that's just one of the many types that we see in Joseph. Joseph is approaching his brethren. Jesus approached his brethren, the Jewish nation. So make no mistake about it, they knew who he was. They knew. They might plead ignorance, just like a lot of people do today, but, but they knew better. And that's kind, of like, that's kind of just like contemporary America, too. You know, a lot of people plead ignorance about the Bible, about the gospel, but there's enough of it floating around. You know, it's pretty hard to be really dumb about it. It really is. So they will reverence my son, verse 38. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him. Let us seize on his inheritance. Now, the inheritance of Jesus Christ is the kingdoms of this world. And do you remember when Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness? What did he say? He said, if you just fall down and worship me, I'll give you the kingdoms of this world. 
what's interesting, too, is that Jesus didn't contest Satan's right to do that, did he? By not contesting it, he, he covertly acknowledged that at that time, the kingdoms of the world were Satan's. They were and they are. But the Lord's going to return one day to claim his inheritance, which is the kingdoms of this world. Now, I said all that to say this. Every cult, every false religion in the world is based upon the idea that religion or that religion will someday dominate the political sphere of the world. I mean, study them. Think about them. You know, they have the right. I mean, in, in that theology, Israel has been replaced and it's called replacement theology. So Israel's no longer in a position to ever have a place of authority in the kingdoms of the world, and consequently the king of kings and the lord of lords, which is a Jewish king, will never occupy that throne. So their religion is somehow fabricated in a way that, in their mind's eye, uh, uh, their religion becomes the final authority. You can study everything from the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Roman Catholicism, and you'll find that thread of commonality in every one of them. So they said, hey, this is our opportunity. You know, we'll seize the inheritance. And that's just common, ordinary doctrine among every false religion and cult on this planet, without exception. Verse 39. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. Well, they did. Did they not? And it's fascinating that the Lord even goes to such extremes to point out little things like cast him out of the vineyard. You know what, keep your finger here and go with me over to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. And when you get there, go to verse number 12. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 12. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Without the gate. They didn't crucify him in Jerusalem, did they? They deemed that to be sac a sacrilegious thing in their religion. So they took him outside the city on Golgotha's hill. Let us, go there, let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. You know, as a true Bible believer, you will never, ever, ever find acceptance in this world. Now, thank God for fellow believers. You know, you can find acceptance with them. But outside the camp... You're never going to find real acceptance. So just deal with it. Just deal with it. That's just the way it is. The Lord told you it would be that way. So they cast him out to the vineyard and slew him. So the Lord asks a question here. Now he's teaching folks here. So he, so he finds the right time, and then he just flings this question out there. Matthew 21, verse 40. When the Lord, therefore, of the vineyard cometh, that would be the householder, who the parable started with. That's God. When the Lord therefore the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those husbandmen? Well, what do you think will happen to them? That's the question. What should happen to them? They say unto him, now this is the crowd talking, you know, to answer the question. They say unto him, he will miserably destroy those wicked men and let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen which shall render him the fruits in their seasons. Well, Jesus said, well, 
you know, he, he got a response that wasn't expected. Jesus saith unto them, and these people responded in what you and I would call a common sense way. Well, man, he's going to hammer those dudes and get himself some new husbandmen that'll do right by the householder. Verse 42, Jesus saith unto them, did ye never read the scriptures? Oh boy, here we go. You know, folks, I don't know if you can grasp, I hope you can, I hope you can, the significance of this. This would be like me walking up to Cardinal, the, you know, the, the Cardinal in New York City at St. Patrick's and say, did you ever read your Bible? I mean, these are the preeminent religious heavyweights. And Jesus said, did you guys ever read the Scripture? And what an insult. What an insult. That's like getting raw egg in the face. You talk about getting a slap. Did you, ever, did you never read the Scriptures? You Bible ignoramuses. I mean, what a thing to say to religious people. To religious folks, what, do you, what a thing to say. Now notice what he says. The stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Now Jesus is simply talking about the cornerstone, and there's a lot of Scripture that represents Jesus Christ as the cornerstone. You know, he's the rock of Deuteronomy. He's the cornerstone of, and so the builders rejected. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. The same has become the head of the corner. You rejected the cornerstone, he said, but he's going to become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We're going to take a short break here. When we come back, we'll continue on with our study of 2 Timothy chapter 2, part 3. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
So she hurried to tell the disciples Christ was taken from where he lay. Oh, weep no more in sorrow. He has risen and conquered the Amen, and welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and we are studying Second Timothy chapter two. And uh, well, we're that's the main focus of our study tonight. But we are uh, in the parables in Matthew chapter twenty-one, and we're talking about the uh, the husbandman. And um, right before we went to the break, uh, we were talking about the kingdom of God shall be taken from you. And I wanted a break there. Uh, could have bro- could have done the break a little bit later, but I wanted a break there because we're going to get into a discussion of the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And I didn't want to interrupt any of that stuff as we go through it. Now, folks, uh, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this with your friends, your family, and your follower. Um, hit that five star review if you can on. Uh, you could do it on Spotify, you could do it on Good Pods, you could do it on Apple Podcasts, I'm not sure where else, but uh, wherever you can, make sure you hit that five-star review if you feel like we deserve it. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, and share as well. 
All right. Now, uh, primarily, we were, we were saying Matthew is dedicated to the subject of the kingdom of heaven. Heaven and God aren't the same thing. The phrase the kingdom of heaven is only found in the book of Matthew. It's not in Mark. It's not in Luke. It's not in John. It's not in any of Paul's epistles either. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is a physical kingdom. Okay, the kingdom of heaven is a physical kingdom. It's a reference to the coming millennial kingdom when the Lord will return and establish his kingdom on this earth. The kingdom of God is considerably different. When Jesus gets over to teaching Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he said that except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's not what he said, did he? No, he said the kingdom of God. You know why? Because the kingdom of God, according to Romans chapter 14, is a spiritual kingdom. It's not a physical one. It's a spiritual one. So when you were born again, you were born into the kingdom of God. You weren't born into the kingdom of heaven. You were born into the kingdom of God, a spiritual kingdom. So what the Lord is doing here in verse 43 is just expanding upon what we learned in verse 33, when it said, hear another parable. In other words, this parable reaches further than just a strictly Jewish application because it includes the kingdom of God. Now, if, if this was a Theology 101 class, this would be a great test question. I would camp all over this. I always favor it. Now, I don't like tests that people can guess their way through. Even when I take them, I don't like them. I prefer short answer essay tests. You know, that's how I know whether they know what they're talking about or not. It's, it's hard to fake it in an essay. Now, when I was in Bible school, the class on church history that I had to take, every test that I had to take was a short answer, 40-plus short answer question test. So you had to know what you were talking about. It's hard to bluff your way through an essay. That's why the Lord gave us one. He gave us a lengthy one, didn't he? He gave us a marvelous one, didn't he? So the kingdom of God is entirely different from the kingdom of heaven. Therefore say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you. Who's the you here? Who is the you here? Israel. The you here is Israel. The kingdom of God shall be taken from you not the kingdom of heaven. Now, that's a great cultist heresy that the, the kingdom of heaven has been taken from Israel. That's replacement theology. No, 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 no. They still, I mean, they don't know it, but they've got that covenant promise. One day they're going to realize it. Jesus didn't say he was going to take the kingdom of heaven from them. He said he was going to take the kingdom of God from them. That's a spiritual kingdom. And the message, you must be born again. You know, you must be born again is not part of modern-day Judaism. It's just not part of it. The Lord God says, uh, uh, the Lord God says he's going to take this kingdom of God, this message that centers around the new birth, redemption, salvation, as you and I know it, and he's going to give it to another nation that's going to be that's going to be, be bringing forth fruit. And you know what's fascinating about that? What's fascinating about that is that the church is called a nation. What, you don't believe me? 
Let's look at 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2. So the Lord says, I'm going to take that message and take it away from you. Why, Israel? Because they didn't do anything with it. Remember, the Lord said to them uh, and compared them to a city on a hill. But they put their light under a bushel. They didn't do anything with the message. Now, it's going to get real personal before we're done because it asks us to entertain the same question. What have I done with the message? Not just what did Israel do or not do. It's what have I done or haven't done. Now, First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So the church has many names, and one is a nation. We're a nation. The Lord says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it away and give it to someone else that will bring forth some fruit. Now, the history of the church for the last 2,000 years, which has been a roller coaster in many respects, because, you know, because it's had its ups and downs, but the church of Jesus Christ in church history has delivered a lot of fruit. And if you really understand church history and the incredible missionary activity ever since the days of the Apostle Paul, do you know what we're supposed to be interested in? Fruit. Fruit. What's the use of having a vineyard if it doesn't produce any fruit? I don't want to wander through my grapevines to look at empty leaves. I want some grapes to eat. You know, I want some tomatoes or whatever it is. Whatever crop you're looking forward to, I want fruit. The Lord wants fruit. And fruit is souls. That's what fruit is from our perspective. Now, the Lord gets real doctrinal. He's about half preaching over their heads. They understand some of it, but not all of it. Go back to Matthew 21. Matthew 21 and verse 44. Matthew chapter 21, verse 44. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. So the cornerstone, I'm sorry, the stone is the cornerstone, and the stone is Jesus Christ. So whoever falls on him, now, on at least two occasions, he's called a stumbling stone. You know, some people don't stumble over Jesus Christ. They don't receive him. You know, he's a stumbling block to them. They stumble. They, they, land, on their, they land flat on their face, but they won't receive him. Verse 44, And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Man, do you see what the Lord did there in just one sentence? In just one sentence, he addressed both advents. Both advents of Jesus Christ. The first half of the verse is, is the first advent. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. The Pharisees, the religious leaders of Israel, fell on that stone, and ultimately they were broken. When Titus and the Roman legions destroyed Jerusalem and crucified 500 Jews on trees outside the city, they're broken. They're broken, but on, whoms, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. That description is given to us in more detail over in Daniel chapter 2. Now one day the Lord pictures himself as a huge stone 
carved out without hands, coming to crush the nations of the world at a place called Armageddon. Now, a lot of people look at this stuff and they say, do you really believe all that? Well, you'd, ha- you'd have to reject current events. You'd have to reject history if you- not to believe it. You just would. So the first and second advent in one sentence. Now, it's not unusual. The Lord does that periodically, but here's the humor of it. Here's the humor of it. Verse 45, And when the chief priests and Pharisees had heard his parables, they perceived that he spake of them. They heard it. They knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about them. And they were just a little irritated. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude because they took him for a prophet. Now here's the application in a nutshell. God gave Israel a great opportunity and a great responsibility to tend the vineyard. A lot of people have the mistaken notion that missions is a New Testament concept. Uh, You know, I used to have a book called Missions in the Old Testament by Theodore Epp. I lent it out to somebody and never got it back. A lot of my books disappeared that way. But Theodore Epp was was an old radio preacher many, many years ago. Uh, He was one of those early pioneers of gospel radio. I mean, he knew his stuff. And he wrote a little book that my former pastor had passed on to me, and it was incredibly fascinating. Missions in the Old Testament. And he went through the Old Testament from Genesis, working his way through uh, the, the whole thing demonstrating by Scripture how, how that God has always had a heart for the heathen. It wasn't just Israel. I mean, wasn't it God who sent Jonah to Nineveh? And wasn't Nineveh a Gentile city? You know, he just used all those examples. God said he wanted Israel to be a light, to be a missionary enterprise. I want you to be a lighthouse. That's what I want you to be. But they quickly ignored that, and they got off onto, onto religion for profit. And it can be very profitable. I mean, if I wanted to be a multimillionaire, I'd keep doing what I'm doing here, but I'd just change the message. That's all. And then pretty soon it'll just start come rolling in. You know, there's a lot of prosperity gospel preachers that have millions of dollars coming in every month. Millions of dollars. Just change the message. So it didn't take long for the Jewish people and the Jewish leadership to become profit-motivated. So it wasn't an accident that the wealthiest people in ancient Israel were the religious leaders. They had a ton of money. They had a responsibility. They failed the test. The result was heartbreak and misery. So I guess the question is, when it comes down to you and I, you have a vineyard. I don't know if you've identified it, but you've got one somewhere. You've got a vineyard. Part of your vineyard may be the lady at the grocery store or maybe somebody at the gas station, somebody that you you just bump into, somebody you work with. You know, a couple of days ago, I had a plumber come out to my building to do an annual state-required service, and, you know, we got to talking about a few things. And I don't even know how the subject came up, but we started talking about religion. So I, I mentioned our show to him. 
you know, and I have these little cards that I bought that have the name of the show and our website and a scripture verse and a scannable QR code that takes a person to uh, a, writ- a written gospel presentation on our website. So I gave him a couple, and he seemed really interested in it, and he said he would listen in. Now, I don't know if he, if he will. I don't know if he did. I don't even know if I'll ever see him again. But I hope he does listen, and I hope, he do- and I, hope I do get to see him again here or in heaven. You know, whoever God puts in your path, that's part of your vineyard. Whoever he puts in your path, that's part of your vineyard. But, you know, some people are so observant, they don't see the grapes when they're right in front of them. They don't see the grapes when they're right there in front of your face. Well, folks, that's going to be just about it for us here today on the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Uh, I hope you got a blessing from this study. Uh, Going through this parable, really, uh, when I was studying it out, it was a challenge, and uh, it was a blessing to me, and I hope it was to you. Uh, Folks, don't forget that, like we said, whoever God puts in your path, it's part of your vineyard. And I've told you before, I've told you many times, actually, that you have a very unique sphere of influence. The people that you come across every day are people that you can reach that we can't, that somebody else can't. That's your vineyard, folks. That's your vineyard. So what are you doing with your vineyard? Are you being unobservant? Do you not see the grapes that are right there before you? Something to ponder, something to think about, definitely something to consider. Well, again, folks, that'll be it for us for today. Don't forget to click that support button on our website. And if you can, that small monthly contribution or a one-time contribution, if you would, that would be fantastic. We would greatly appreciate that. Head over to our, head over to our contact section, send us a message, and I'll see you, Lord willing, on Sunday. God bless you. Take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.